फिर दिए लाल बटन वेलकम एवरीबॉडी टू द लाल बटन पॉडकास्ट एपिसोड नंबर 10 um we had a special behind the scene person now or behind the scene person was not there so we had to make a you know make make do with whatever we had yeah. uh and uh, it's me sunny chima and we have a special guest today gambit the magician thanks for having me on guys also known as uh, sunny patel yes right um this guy he uh, he met me recently at a comedy show and uh, very interesting career very interesting careers i would say yeah um he was he was an engineer and then he studied law yeah and he's also been a chef and uh, he's also a magician so we'll and start you off sorry and volunteers at these places and he's into cooking this like long bio so yeah let's talk let's talk more about you about uh, this whole crazy journey yeah let's do it so How long have you been doing magic? Ooh, magic has been about on and off 15 years so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been about 11 countries now. 15, 11 countries. Yeah. From performing, paid performances to busking. Mm-hmm. Busking is just when you go around and you meet like strangers on the road. Oh, I see. Right? You just find anybody and start performing for them. Okay. I do a lot of traveling, so whenever I go somewhere, I'll mm-hmm. take a deck of cards and try to meet with the locals. Nice. And, you know, show them something, and then have them give me a little bit about their culture or something like that. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do people pay you when I do busking? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, people um, they'll offer cash, which I try not to take because I'm just you know giving a little bit of my talent. But right. uh, people will, like I'll buy you a drink or here, let uh-huh. me take you to uh, this place that I know about or something like that, mm-hmm. which I don't mind. And you know, they're offering something as opposed to just trying to give me cash. Okay. How was the first time? Like the first time you went busking like, on the street? Oh yeah. Um I think that probably started in Toronto. Um I would I went to Ryerson for a couple of years and every time I would go to like school, you see somebody on the bus, or you see somebody on the train, and that's how I started practicing like this move alone. Um It took me about like 50 60 hours just to kind of get. I didn't know how to do it, so I was just practicing and I was like that nerdy kid on the da- on the bus or the metro and I'm just like practicing with cards so people would be like mm-hmm. show me a trick. and then i would have to show them something or i wouldn't have to but i would show them something and it was cool like you know that's how i started just like i went from an introvert to an extrovert so it was a good experience oh with really oh nice so you were an introvert big time i would like to definitely uh, agree with you on that yeah yeah quiet nerdy you know so was that was that one of your motivations to kind of talk to people be more extroverted um I think so. Yeah, we all kind of want to be able to just approach anybody, yeah. you know, and start yeah, a conversation. Yeah. Right. As a quiet, shy kid, always like, you always want to be like the hero in your movie, right? Yeah. 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 So you want to be able to do everything. Right? And, and, and be comfortable in different situations, right? Like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that was good. Like, um, I would have to just talk to a random stranger, mm-hmm. which isn't always easy, you know. Yeah. Unless yeah, you have, fun. unless you have, I guess you're offering them something. So mm-hmm. with magic that kind of mm-hmm. plays a role. So was it so how was that like talking to random strangers like getting somebody's attention and telling somebody hey I'm going to show you magic trick. How's that process? Ooh, um I guess it depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. Um and the crowd. So I performed in restaurants mm-hmm. and you get some really happy people. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then I think anywhere you go you'll get like a grumpy person or somebody that just doesn't want to be part of the conversation, you know? Right. Okay. So it's um 
I find the best way to start this is, and I believe I saw another magician talk about it, was come in with a strong move. Mm -hmm. So when I used to work in restaurants, I'd be like, hey guys, you want to see a magic trick? You know, <laughs> so it kind of sets the tone. You know, right, you're right, gonna right. see something visually spectacular. Yeah, it's yeah. To get the attention. Yes, exactly. As opposed to, hey guys, can I show you something? You know, and being <laughs> <a little laughs> yeah. yeah. It sounds like you're not sure. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> gonna yeah, so like coming in visually strong, I found really helps. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like you don't have to say it. Yeah. It's like your movement says it all, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I have a very visual art, so mm -hmm. might not might as well use it to the best of my, you know, ability. Okay. Yeah. So before that you were into so was this I guess along the way as well? Cuz I guess some of the things were maybe side by side. Like you were into engineering and then yeah. law and you also you're also into cooking. Yes. Um so magic was the only one thing on my list that was never part of the plan, I guess. Okay. You know, I've always loved cooking from a being a little kid to... Mm -hmm. um, I w so three things I've ever wanted to do. First, I wanted to be an engineer. No, mm -hmm. so first I wanted to be a lawyer mm -hmm. as a little boy, and then an engineer, and then a chef. Okay. Um, I never became a chef because I think you have to be trained to be a chef, but mm -hmm. I've cooked in uh, six restaurants in three countries, mm -hmm. uh, six kitchens. One was the Itobuka mm -hmm. Yacht Club, not a restaurant technically. Okay. Um, so I became a cook first, and mm -hmm. then I did the engineering thing, and then I became a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your, your hand is going to kick heat. Sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happens, it happens. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, but magic was one of those things that was just along the journey the mm -hmm. whole way, you know? So okay. It was just like a hobby. Yeah. Total right. hobbyist become professional. Okay. Yeah. And so when you started, like, uh, who did you used to do it for? Ooh. Like, who, what was the audience? My audience was, um, a lot of them were my little cousins in the beginning. Oh, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say girls. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My buddies have always used me to like go show her a magic trick. And I was like a great wingman oh. from like Ryerson days moving forward, man. Like they would get me to go and approach and then talk to the girl and set it up. And then I'd be like, oh yeah. And then my friends would come over and then they would do all the, like, you know, they would run their game. Mm -hmm. um, for girls, I've only kind of used, I think the magic trick once. Okay. And it was to impress some girl that I had met at Ryerson at the time. Mm -hmm. And I never really used magic again after that because it was like, okay. it kind of sets a tone of let me just entertain you as opposed to let me get to know you. Uh, <laughs> I know? see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So did the magic work on her? She called me back, but okay. uh, that was about it. That was about it. Okay. So I got a call back. So right. you know, it's a good right. first step. Works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good attitude to have because a lot of people do think of arts like different. Even like I, I used to do salsa. Yeah. And I noticed that everybody was kind of going into it just to meet somebody. Okay. Which is which is okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not against that, but th you also have to learn the art itself. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Right. I did some salsa and bachata classes, and a lot of the single dudes were there. You know, you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> you could tell. <laughs> they were on the prowl, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, in between the salsa, like they, the partners switch, and they're like, uh, some of them are looking for the partner. Yeah. And they will be like, yeah, they want to be with like one specific yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, so first, uh, how come engineer first oh um so my dad is an engineer he works for uh, he's an avionics engineer he works for air canada mm -hmm. shout out to air canada just because mm -hmm. um, um but uh yeah so we've always been like break opening things and like 
understanding how it works. Mm-hmm. I broke a couple things. That's why that came from. But you know, like right. you open things up and you want to learn how it works, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always been a big science nerd, so I think I followed him on that path. I knew I always wanted the knowledge behind mm-hmm. it. I don't necessarily want it to be an engineer the rest of my life, mm-hmm. but I wanted to learn the physics and the science and how things work. How things work. Yeah, for me that's always uh, like even people, you know, things like that, like psych. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to understand the how behind it. So curiosity. Big man, you ever? Yeah. Yeah, there's a book called uh, Curious George. I read a lot of that as a kid growing up. Oh, is that the? Is there also a TV serial? TV serial, and I think they were talking about a movie, or they made a movie at one point too. Okay. Yeah, but nice. you know, <laughs> I guess that was your childhood favorite. Yeah, it was one of my big, definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, man. So, okay. You know, kept me curious. So you were born in Quebec. Yeah, born right. in Quebec, Montreal. Um, in uh, yeah, Montreal. Okay. A Jewish General Hospital. Nice. Yeah. And Do you then, speak French? And petit peu, and oh, okay. is that is the height of my. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that one line with a nice accent, just so uh, I can say it. Right, it uh, means a little bit. Yeah, right? it means a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that's what I know in Spanish. I say oh, okay. un poquito. Un poquito. <laughs> yeah. All right, now I can speak four languages. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, very little. I can understand when someone's speaking to me, mm-hmm. but I never really practiced like the actual the verbal part. Mm-hmm. Like, living in Toronto, you don't have a lot of like French-speaking friends, you know. Right. Right. So how long did you live in Montreal? Oh man, we were there for like three months until before my dad got a job in Toronto, mm-hmm. and then we shifted over. Oh. Yeah, so I was basically raised in Toronto my whole life, and then I spent my summers in Montreal growing up. I nice. still have a lot of family there. Nice. I'm actually going next month for a cousin's wedding. Nice, Montreal is nice. I like Montreal. Beautiful city, yeah. yeah. I also read that in your education bio that you did a degree in India. Yes. In Gujarat. Yes. So how did that happen, like, you know, growing up here and then Okay, yeah, so I was uh, studying at Ryerson originally, mm-hmm. and then I got sick, really sick in my second year. Mm-hmm. Missed a couple months of school, and it was just like, it was the end of my educational career at that point. Okay. And it was a tough choice, but it was like, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. Either restart in Toronto, mm-hmm. or go abroad and try to get like a life experience as well as an education. Mm-hmm. And my parents are like, you know, they're very patriotic, mm-hmm. and they've always pushed the idea of going to India and getting that life experience. Mm-hmm. So I went, I t- spent a month there trying to figure out what was going on, figure out the school system. Mm-hmm. Then I just, literally within a week, I decided to shift my whole life from living in Toronto to living in India for the next four years and finishing an education degree wow. that I always wanted. And oh. your parents were here? Obviously. Yeah, my parents lived here the whole time and I just, um, I came back once a year for summer. Wow. So this was Montreal for you? Huh? This was Montreal for you? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. During that four years, this was my Montreal trip, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, coming back here for the summer. Though. Yeah, exactly. Right. So how was that? Like, how was that transition? Because it's culturally such a big shock. Wow. Huge culture shock, first mm-hmm. of all. Even me being an Indian boy with Indian values going up here. Mm-hmm. Um, going to India. First of all, living in Jane and Finch, I am very blessed that there's a big cultural diversity. Okay. Right? And then going to Gujarat and living in um, hostel there. Mm-hmm. And the only brown people was a culture shock for me. You know? Yeah. Even being Indian, I was just like, I'm not used to seeing all these fun people, you know? Yeah, and it's <laughs> completely different the way they are there and the way they are here. Yeah, it's right? next level Brampton, you know? Right. And it's just more, more of uh, the population. But okay. um, overall, amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, I think, year and a half was a little difficult because mm-hmm. I would get sick a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Not used to the water and things like that. Right. But once I got used to the water and the food, mm-hmm. man, life was amazing after that. Nice. Like I can eat the pani puri or the gulkappa, you know, on like on the street right, and things right. like All that. Yeah, street food. Yeah, being able to enjoy the things that I enjoyed in Toronto without having to worry about getting sick. 
was like the best part of uh, having to live there after like the year and a half transition. Nice. So you did engineering there? Yeah. In what? What kind of engineering? Electronics and communication. Okay. Yeah. And then you came back here? Yeah. Came back here. I did my conversions. Um, and then I was looking forward to trying to do what the next degree was. Mm-hmm. And then trying was, to figure out what the next degree was? Yeah, man. I've, um, I'm a big nerd, I told you. you know. Right. So uh, you didn't want to work? I did want to work, but not as an engineer. Uh, that was just a stepping stone to the next thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what did, you, what did your parents think about that? They were like, what did you go to school for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a big decision. <laughs> like, next degree now. Yeah, you know, um, my parents are advocates of uh, learning, so that's cool. You know, I was very lucky that way. Okay. Um, I think one thing I remember hearing all the time was uh, one degree is not enough. Uh-huh. You know, so. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, like my dad's big on education, so mm-hmm. I always knew I was going to go back anyways. And to be honest, man, like, I love school. Yeah. You know, the, the act of going to class and learning something and, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's fun for me. Yeah. yeah, I think I could relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have a higher education too, right? Like, yeah. 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 Two degrees. Even though all these guys and like most of my friends, they had one degree and they started working. Yeah. And they were younger than me too. Yeah. But I was like, I wanted to learn and I wanted to stay in school. Yeah. I was like, I wish there was a job where you can just <laughs> keep on studying and then someone pays you. Yeah, yeah, right. you made the there is a job. It's called being a professor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's people that are like professional students. Yeah. You know? um, man, if I had the cash, I would probably go to school for a long time. Right, yeah. You don't yeah. get the money. You just get the... You yeah. PK did, right? Yeah, you've seen that. You know, th- yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was good. So that Three Idiots movie like resembles a little bit of my life, man. Mm-hmm. I was like Amir Khan, the guy that went, did the studies, and then I left. Mm-hmm. And I lived with two of my buddies, um, Ankit and Kunj, were my room partners for like mm-hmm. four years, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like that one guy that had added a little, I guess, excitement to their... Excitement uh, to their crew, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I was like the fun guy and the bad influence, so, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, the bad yeah. influence. A little bit, man, yeah. Tell <laughs> us about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in case their parents watch this, I don't want to... Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah. okay, we'll skip over that. We'll yeah. come back to it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could relate to I was in and I was in school for six years. Oh nice. Yeah, I was uh, like I just took extra years because I wanted to be in school. Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah. And then I got and then I started working. Yeah. And I hated my life after that. I was just like I mean the money was there, but yeah. it was, I never just found that satisfaction. Yeah, see that's the thing. Yeah. I knew like engineering knowledge was something I wanted mm-hmm. and I chased and I desperately wanted to get that degree. Mm-hmm. But I knew it wasn't like the end goal for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. This was just a stepping stone to something that'll take me to the next step. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. then you went to law school. Yeah. And then I was, well, I was working for a bit, trying to figure things out, mm-hmm. pay my own bills, things like that. I had to start working, make some cash. But mm-hmm. um, I came back and then I, sorry, um, I came back and then I started preparing for law school mm-hmm. to get that done. And so you were preparing here to yeah. go to UK? Yeah. So I went to England for law school then. Okay. Yeah. And how many years? Was that, that was a two-year program. Okay. They let you do two years if you have a previous degree to all my Indian friends that uh, got lost. That are thinking. Yeah. I know some or people. Their yeah. <laughs> or their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Or their parents if you want to send your kids. A lot of the times they yeah. push you. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Are parents doing that? Are parents pushing kids for law school who already have a degree and a job maybe? Um, you know what? There was a lot of brown students there. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming, yeah, like, you yeah, know, like... Actually, two of my nephews are going. Really, yeah? Okay. Yeah. But they don't have uh, any degree. They're going after grade 12. Okay, yeah. So then it's a three-year program. Yeah. Yeah. But I met some auntie at a, a random auntie at a Tim Hortons, and she mm-hmm. was just telling me her niece is going now, too. You know? Right. 
Where was this in England? Oh, I was in University of Southampton. Southampton. Yeah. Okay. Where about Southampton? Southampton is like the the shoreline. It's the most one of the most south cities. It's okay. I think the third biggest city. Fun fact: Southampton is where the Titanic took off from. Oh. Yeah. Everybody wow. loves that fact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big movie for us. You've yeah, seen yeah. that reaction before, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh yeah. Titanic. Oh my God. Southampton. Yes, I've heard of it now. Southampton. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm gonna tell Very people ready. this fact as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. It's still that fact. I think yeah. they're redoing the Titanic voyage now. No. They are. I saw that online. I read it in a meme, man. It might not be true, but <laughs> <laughs> don't quote me on this. Yeah, meme but. knowledge is like I don't know. <laughs> PhD, bro. Yeah. PhD in memes. Yeah, I feel like some guy is just sitting there making like these false memes. <laughs> <laughs> fake news. Yeah, yeah, fake news. For like, the like, yeah, people are gonna believe this anyways. I, I should do that actually. It's not a bad idea. And create a new ter- um, career path called memeology. Memeology. Yeah. yeah. School for memes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a question about your yeah go so going from here yes did you, what was the cultural difference you found among the guys of your age like compared to people raised here very good question um so the people were obviously a lot more curious about me so i was the only like foreigner at the <laughs> university at the time you know mm-hmm. yeah Not um, an ordinary <laughs> no kid. no as soon as the nri arrived everybody in college knew there was like you know a canadian person on university mm-hmm. um but the people were very friendly you know, that's one thing I appreciate about uh, the culture there. Um, you get down and, you know, I'm new, so I'm a little like, you know, like not sure what to expect and a little lost, I guess, in a sense. But everybody there was just very nice coming into it. Um, I made a couple, a handful of great friends. And then even the people that I didn't talk to and they knew we weren't going to be friends, just everyone was very nice all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I found that culture of accepting outsiders and not treating them different or mm-hmm. well they do treat you I guess a little higher standard and nicer and stuff like yeah, that yeah they do so yeah, that yeah. is different right, but right. Um, you, you'll take that yeah you know yeah. who yeah, wouldn't yeah, right yeah, yeah. Yeah. they treat you differently in a good way yes <laughs> yeah. you know so like I appreciated those positive um, I guess approaches or those reactions from those guys right everybody there um, the cultural hand-holding thing that was a little bit of an adjustment for me to get used to you know right. you know it's uh, it's part of their thing so um, so did, did you do that a little bit yeah, yeah. you know yeah. you know in the beginning it's just like what's going on but then after yeah. a while you know like like hold my you know it's just a couple extra seconds and I just like I'm yeah. like all right cool you know right. and sometimes it just turns into like just you're holding hands and talking yeah right like yeah. Uh, the pinky holding thing kind of threw me off so mm-hmm. I was like nope you know mm-hmm. um, but the hand holding like if an uncle came up to me and would hold mm-hmm. my hand you know uh-huh. Um, I would not let go. You know, you don't want to be rude like right. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to be the one to let go, right? Yeah, you know. So yeah. that happened to me with my cousin as well. Yeah. We, I went to India a couple of, like this year, but previously as well. Yeah. So we were at uh, India Gate in Delhi. Okay. Yeah. And it's like the atmosphere is very romantic. Yeah. It's evening time. There's like couples and stuff everywhere, and like there's a park. We're looking at the India Gate. And he comes and he holds my hand. Yeah. And now we're holding hands and we're looking at the India game. Yeah. And I don't want to let go. Yeah. Because I don't want to be rude. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So he let, he let go of my hand after a few seconds or whatever. Yeah. But then this weird thing happened to me. I'm like, 
he held my hand yeah right he was the com- one who came up to me yeah i'm like i should go up to him yeah. and hold his hand as well oh, otherwise yeah. he's going to feel bad yeah that he <laughs> held my hand but i never yeah. held his hand right. right so i'm like okay i'm going to give it a shot yeah so i go up to him and i'm kind of like thinking like okay i got to i don't know how to do this like yeah. i don't know how you start holding somebody's hand yeah and at the end i couldn't do it oh, okay yeah i couldn't do it i just like stood there i'm like okay i'm going to give up on it so <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of my approaches when I was trying to talk to girls as a teenage boy. Yeah. Like, go talk to her, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. talk to her, don't do it. Yeah. 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 Just uh, for the sake of being nice, I guess, the things we do. Yeah. But, you know, um, it didn't come off as ever like a bad thing. You know, it was just like, it's a sign of friendship. Yeah. You know, if you guys are good friends, this is what you do. Yeah. And this is how you show, like, the, you know, your world or your society, whatever it is. So Yeah, it's not. And I think Western, I noticed when I moved from India here, yeah. I feel like uh, the society here is, is a little bit homophobic. Yeah, big time. Big time, right? Yeah. Like, I accidentally touched somebody's hand and the guy went, oh my God. Yeah. Like, what are you trying to turn me into something? I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> this is not how it works, right? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Jane Finch, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I have a big mix of friends and they're all very urban mm-hmm. and their thing is like, oh, guys don't do that. That's a, you know, that's a wrong mentality and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And me being the guy I am would just constantly just keep hugging them or, you know, right. I would shake their hand and I'd hold it longer, longer. on purpose. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, we're boys. Yeah. You know, just accept it now, you, you know, yeah. I'll uh, hug them really tight and not let go. And, you know, it's just like. get over it you know like nothing is going to happen to you yeah you know yeah there's always that one guy in the group who's like really homophobic like if yeah. you like touch him even a little bit he's going to be like oh no yeah i i used and to they will start the conversation oh i'm not homophobic but this <laughs> yeah doesn't surprise me yeah <laughs> i see that and you know i'm just like you know what whatever you know yeah it's yeah. all love at the end of the day you know right. i'm not trying to yeah do anything wrong to anybody so yeah it's all love no homo yeah right, <laughs> <laughs> right. that's the thing i forgot about that or yeah. pause that's one right right that's what the kids say when you say something that is like um i guess ambiguous they're like pause you know pause yeah instead of that. saying no homo it's like pause now oh that's a pause is the thing now? yeah pause is a word it's just like pause so how do you use it um let me see So hey, I'm going to hold um you need you to hold my hand or something, you know, mm-hmm. for this pause. Like as in, oh, what did you just say, you know? Oh, I uh, see. Like, yeah, like you're trying to say pause not uh, not that way. Oh, I see. Like yeah. like, oh, hold on, let's is pause no? this. I might be using it out of context, but I you know, I hear a lot of the young kids say that, so. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to some of my young cousins. Yeah, you know, get it out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it at the the youth center a lot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the youth center. Tell us about that. You volunteer with them, right? Yeah, I volunteer with the uh, the youth center in Jane Finch. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off doing the homework club. I think 2013, post law school, mm-hmm. and then I just came back and do whatever I can. So, from anything from helping with food to serving. So we do something called Freedom Fridays, where it's the last Friday of the month where we'll have people within the community come out to display local talents. Mm-hmm. So we have. I we have a lot of singers, we have dancers, we have spoken word artists, you know, the people that come in and speak about important issues for the community. And we serve food and entertainment and anyone who wants to come comes out. So I help with food from there. Um we do homework club whenever they get called now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes resume help, things like that. Homework club. Yeah. So you help kids with homework? Yeah, um it's a little quiet right now, but um I used to help kids with the homework a lot. Like once a week I would go in for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And um from anything from math and English science anything you want. Okay. I try to figure it out and get the homework ahead of time so I can study it a little bit. Nice. And then I give them assistance with their homework. Nice. Yeah. 
That's nice. Well, I just I've just recently realized the importance of volunteering. Really? Were yeah. You? I mean, before yeah. I was like volunteering, uh, like who wants to do that? Yeah. Kind of thing. But now I've uh, I've been in touch with uh, volunteer organizations, or I've been working with people who are volunteering their time for something. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of nice. I feel like uh, it's good for people to learn certain skills without the pressure of the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that helps. That's a good aspect too. Right? That's yeah. that's the aspect I noticed with people as well that uh, with the job it's like you know you have to have certain things otherwise you have the fear of getting fired and losing income. Right. But with volunteering you don't have that pressure. It's more like you can do things at your own pace. Yes. You know, so yeah, you come in and um depends I guess what you're volunteering for. Like what are you talking about? Um like I'm working with like even this uh, this uh, group right here, Lal Button. I meet with people who work on marketing of this stuff. Okay, yeah. And then just other aspects of this. Yeah. And most of the people, they are volunteers and they're trying to improve on certain skill that they already have. Okay. But they just want to get extra experience. Yeah. So that's a great aspect too. Yeah. Um, my aspect of volunteering is just trying to like add to other people's things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving, giving. Yeah. To the community. Yeah, like um, I was a, I'm still a big nerd actually, but mm-hmm. um, I had like one or two after school programs growing up, and one of them was a basketball one, and I remember it just it really helped having somebody else there to you know spend some time and okay. be from the community and give back to the community, so you can relate to them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's nice. I guess if you're at the stage, I guess for that you have to be at a certain stage because I know for personally yeah. I can't afford to do that. Yeah, just because of the way this kind of uh, where I am in life. Yeah. Right? Where I guess you have to be at the stage where you want, you can now give to other people. No? Um, I think it's all about, I guess, managing your time. You're, right. You're, you know? You're at a stage where you can take <laughs> Right. Yeah, I'm not taking This guy's the opposite of Christmas. <laughs> you're at the Grinch phase of yeah, your life, yeah. not Santa Claus. <laughs> Like I'm gonna be honest, you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't have time to give at this time, at this point of time. And you're right, it might be about managing your time. You know what I get it though, because you see like a lot of like celebrities and stuff. These guys all like get famous first, and then they start advertising on what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because by that stage they have more money and more leisure to make decisions on their time, right? And how you know what they do and what jobs they don't take, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was just like, like. My goal is not to give back in big amounts. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not loaded. I don't have an abundance of time. But if right. I can do a little bit yeah. here, then I'll throw it in, you know? Right. And my strengths are, like, I don't know how to play basketball. I'm mm-hmm. not athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know education. I know how to study. Mm-hmm. So that's my strength, and that's something I feel I'm confident to help others with. Okay. You know? So, yeah, like, I give back a little bit. And it's not a lot, man. But right. um, It feels good. Yeah, you know, it, it's nice to help uh, somebody else because I remember being in that position, and, you know, it was... It was good when other people helped me out. Yeah. I genuinely believe we all have a responsibility to give forward a little bit. You know? Right, right. I um, agree. And it's not just to people that, you know, like, we all have nieces and nephews. And not mm-hmm. just to them, you know, because that's our responsibility as well. But mm-hmm. just anybody in itself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For me, like, mental health perspective, it's really good for you. Yeah. Like, to be altruistic. Like, not doing things only for your own interests. Yeah. Like for your own game. Yeah. It's like good to do things for community. Yeah. Agreed, man. Hundred percent. Yeah. Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm learning as well. Like, yeah. yeah. It's either way. Like, I do agree that you know you have to give to the community or yeah. not have to. It's nice to give yeah. to the community, right? Yeah. 
uh, and I always have that in my head even when I'm working with people but I just yeah, just that's the way it came out. That's, I'm gonna stick with it's it. Oh, good man. We yeah, all go yeah, through like yeah, phases, yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 Maybe one day. <laughs> 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 okay. Another question I want to ask you is about Jane and Finch. Yes. You know when we talk about Jane and Finch, people yes. think about all oh, their gun shooting, violence. You know what? I'm very glad you bring that up. I didn't mm. even uh, think about mentioning that to you when you asked mm. about topics. Um, yeah, you know the Jane and Finch does have a negative stereotype, and when I was younger. There was a lot more violence and it was on the news for a lot more non-positive or negative aspects of what's going mm-hmm. on in the community. But I think since then, things have changed a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. All the the drug dealers and those gangbangers that I knew all moved to Brampton anyways. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Brampton. But, oh, no, I'm scared <laughs> driving here from Gale Finch. <laughs> I rolled up my windows. <laughs> no, but like, you know, like a lot of those guys that are you, they moved out, you know, and... Um, um, it's like any community there are some bad things it's just we have so many more people because of all the buildings and things like that mm-hmm. you know so it sometimes it's hard to focus on the positive because there are a lot more negative things when you have more people and, in lower and, and economic media situations sometimes portrays it. media is the worst man like sometimes uh, they'll blow something up and to economic uh, huge proportions just to get that story you know just to yeah. get views and right and I don't think they're fair in the balance of Yes, we have some negative things, but they don't show the positive as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think as a media, you guys have a responsibility to, you know, do a little bit of both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, watch, like, CB24. I feel like CB24 is the worst. Yeah, like, and you, even you, like, you hear what's going, the news that they're talking about, and even the sound effects. Yeah. You know, it's like an Indian serial. I'm just like, wow, so much drama, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, calm it down a little bit, you know? Don't get the people that excited. I was noticing, because that even at work, Yeah. Um, the CP24 all the time. Yeah. And everything that they show is bad. Because the weather, yeah. never good. <laughs> <laughs> the news is never good. And they have something scrolling at the bottom. Yeah. That's not good either. Yeah. And then there's the other thing, which is the accident segment, the roads, which are always blocked. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing good on that. Oh, man. You know, I wish I could be a weatherman. It's like that one job where you don't have to have it perfect, you know? Right. Yeah. You're allowed to make mistakes, yeah? <laughs> you know? And nobody knows you yeah. it's going to rain. And yeah. they do well, too. Like, they yeah. pay you well. Yeah, <laughs> they it's not like a minimum wage. You know? The meteorologist is doing it right, eh? Yeah. Chances of, or, you know, like, uh, maybe yeah. there's going to be some rain today. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and people forget about it. Yeah. What they really yeah. So let's talk about cooking. Yeah. So why, when did you get into that? And how was that? Journey? Ooh, man. Cooking is probably one of my biggest passions. Mm-hmm. Uh, bigger than magic? Bigger than magic. You know, cooking was like that first thing I knew I loved to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first time I made like eggs was like, I was like six years old. I messed it up. I, you know, I was trying to make some sunny side up eggs, but it broke the yolk and it wasn't uh, fun to eat after, mm-hmm. but I ate those. Mm-hmm. And then I was like 10 years old, started making roti in the house and it was just like, Something we kind of just grew up doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I grew up in a family of where all the males cook. So, me, my brother, my dad, both my grandfathers used to cook, I found out later on in life. Mm-hmm. I, as a Punjabi person, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that yeah. right in my family. Yeah. But is it, like, culturally, it's very common among Gujaratis, or it's like your family was Um. So my immediate family, meaning me, my brother, my dad, and my mom, we, as like more males in the house, we all did cooking, you know, mm-hmm. we all still do cooking. Um, but within my cousins and things like that, that was never like, oh, you have to cook, you know, it was because most of them had sisters, so 
the parents were like, oh, girls do this and guys do this, you know? Oh, yeah, gender you know? rules, right? Yeah, yeah, the gender rules. But I never grew up learning gender rules because I didn't have any females in the house besides my mom, right? And mom did, like, her responsibilities and dad her did his, but I always learned from both of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm the youngest, so it's like you go where anybody is calling you, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. All three <laughs> I am the youngest, right? So... I would help my mom cook sometimes in the kitchen. I'd have to go outside and help my dad fix the car. It was just wherever they needed the help. It was just like, you know, right, send the right, help, right. you know? The the help. Helper, yeah. yeah, basically. Right. <laughs> so it was always just like, all right, this is something I have to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what happened after that? Like, so you were into cooking at 10, you were like making rookies already, which a big step. Yeah, uh, that was fun. I burned my hands a lot. That was a good learning experience. Right. Um, and then, so I spent a lot of time in the kitchen whenever I go somewhere. So if I go to see my buddies, you know, I'll say hi to them. But if their mom's cooking, I'm in the kitchen too. Like, auntie, what are you cooking? You know, mm-hmm. I love to eat. So I love being in the kitchen and seeing what's... Are you, are you a picky eater? Um, when I cook for myself, no. But when I'm cooking for other people, I want to make sure they have the best experience. So like, I'm a, I guess a picky, picky feeder. Picky feeder. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> um, like if I'm eating for myself, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to look amazing. I'm just trying to get like flavors down. But when I cook for other people, I know I put a lot more effort into like making it look good, and you know, she even like my Instagram pictures. What I post is yes, my food, and I've cooked it, but that's not how I eat it. You know, I don't set it up like that all the time. I'll just like throw it on the plate if I have to. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because I like mixing everything and tasting all the flavors together. Oh, I'm like that too. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just mix everything, and sometimes people are like looking at me like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you shouldn't be mixing this." Thing. Yeah. So like you know when you go like a Thai restaurant, mm-hmm. I'm just like a little bit. Put yeah. some stuff, some yeah. onion in there, you know, some matana or achara, and then just like bite it together. Right, right. Yeah. And do you, I guess, being a cook, so you worked in restaurants? Yeah. Stuff, right? A couple Indian restaurants, one in Toronto, one in India. Um, one in, I worked in a pub or it was like a lounge in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a mixed food. Boston Pizza here, uh, Tobacco Yacht Club, and then I did one in Gatanakwe. They've called me down a couple of times just to do Indian food. It was a seafood restaurant down there. But they want to do an Indian-themed day, so I guess they call it Indian guy to come do the cooking, you know? Okay, so taking it from like a personal kitchen to like working in restaurants, did you have to do courses? Um, I think maybe people do courses. I recommend courses for everybody out there. Um, <laughs> for me, that was not how it was done. Okay. Um, it was just like the helper, you know, in the kitchen. So I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my mother, uh, my grandmother. You know, like, my grandmother is probably one of my biggest influences and the best chef or the best cook that I've ever known in my life. Mm-hmm. And she cooked fantastic. So I would just sit there and kind of watch, you know? Mm-hmm. And I loved eating after. So I was just like, how did you do this? Mm-hmm. How did you do this magic how, of, you know, how, flavors? How, yeah. Right, yeah. So I would just sit there and kind of watch and have to absorb what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I still do that with my buddy's moms, you know? Like, uh, some of them are West Indian, some of them are Jamaican, mm-hmm. uh, Punjabi moms too. And I would just, like, sit in the kitchen and just try to, you know? Yeah. What are you doing? How do I get this? How do I get from here to there? So when you go to the restaurant, are you also helping there or are you like, the head guy? Oh, um, so I've always been a helper. I've never actually run the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I've helped with like suggesting recipes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I come in and I'm just trying to someone that's trying to learn at the same time. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. My kitchen experiences are diverse, but it's never been like... So the longest I worked at one restaurant was about three years. Mm-hmm. First year was just serving and then the next two years is when the chef was like, oh, maybe you can help in the kitchen. And then he saw I had some kitchen skills. And then I was managing their tandoor and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
speaking of which, you guys should come to my house. I have a tandoor at home. Wow. Yeah, so if you, uh, you know, like, do you guys eat meat, non-veg? I'll, I'll eat anything. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah, I make some amazing tandoori chicken, guys. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. yeah oh. straight from scratch, mom's recipe, so you got to come try it out. Wow, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got the invitation. 100%, so got man, yeah. yeah and right. Maybe we can learn some magic tricks then, too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll schedule them together. It'll be, you know, nice. Yeah. Tandoori yeah. chicken and magic tricks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love food and a show? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So does that mean it's time? And what is your favorite cuisine? Ooh. So growing up eating Indian food, I love an abundance of flavor. So like Indian food has that, Thai food has that, you know, um, things where there's like a lot of masala. Even like Mexican food, they use a mm -hmm. lot of ingredients like we do. Mm -hmm. So like from like the jeera to the coriander to mm -hmm. garlic, chilies, things like that. Mm -hmm. So anything with like a lot of flavor. And then dessert, I love sweet. You know, I have like a massive sweet tooth, so yeah, you gotta balance it out. <laughs> yeah, it's bad, man. <laughs> I can just tell from the reaction. Too much eating, man, too much eating. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. now I feel angry. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, a big sweet. Yeah? Yeah. Alright, sick. I have one cheat day, and that day I eat so much, like, really? it balances yeah? out okay, that's for sick. the whole week. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Uh, one thing left we wanted to discuss was. Uh, different audience yes like, right for your uh, being a magician yeah uh, how is a different audience how do you like do you change your tactics or like, Ooh, good question yeah great question um, so audiences are all completely different I find there is a cultural difference everywhere I performed um, so I'll give you an example in India we're a very religious and spiritual society right mm -hmm. um, but when I perform for people there um, the religious people are usually like Ooh, this isn't this shouldn't be happening you know what I mean you can tell like I'm messing with their their, their concept of reality a little bit and they're least likely to like applaud or give me that you know it's like oh I've seen this you know yeah younger generations now are a lot more open to it in India um, so I performed in China last summer in Shanghai and Beijing they love it there the Chinese people love being entertained and they love seeing magic and they're very receptive when I performed in England, like the local UK people, the British people were totally like non-smiley and you know, oh, even though people? yeah, uh, yeah. the rich people and uh -huh. you know, let's say the a certain color, skin color of right. people, you know, okay, yeah. they're like, no, 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 you know, like, <laughs> well, yeah, I show them a trick and they'd be like confused, but like, oh, okay, you know, you know, and they're not trying to give you any love for, you know, your art. Okay. The, yeah, they're more yeah. like, oh, we don't want to show you that we're surprised here. Strange, man. Yeah, yeah, big so time. You're yeah. not feeling good. <laughs> you know, it, in the beginning, I was just like, what's going on, man? I knew I bring you some good stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I realized it was like a cultural thing, so I was just yeah. like, all right, you're lost, bro. You know. This is we are talking about the UK. Yes, UK. Yeah, like there, I saw a lot of people not. Resisting the the urge so to be this surprised. This is on like uh, on streets or like. Uh, I did a lot of pubs there. Pubs, okay. yeah. Pubs. Yeah. But drunk people, I would expect them like to. Okay, so yeah, so the younger kids, especially when they're tipsy, love it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about like the older audiences, and you know that are more like stuck in their ways of you know this is the way we grew up, yeah. right? So they're more of like raise your nose high in the sky, and you know yeah. we don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't want to smile to give you that satisfaction that you did a good yeah. job or whatever. It okay. Is. Yeah. yeah. And you also did a tour in India. Yeah, that was um, 2017. Five weeks. Uh, so the day I wrote my final bar exam, that same day I took an airplane. Mm -hmm. So I basically wrote an eight-hour exam, went home, changed, and then took a, I think, 18-hour or 23-hour flight or something like that 
went straight to India and then I performed for 14 magic shows in five cities throughout Gujarat all free um, all of my own time and expense and it was just like schools villages and I was trying to like basically give back as big as I could or as best as I could at that time you know I knew I had some free time so right that's that's really cool you know what it was a great experience for me man like yeah. I had no idea what I was doing going in mm -hmm. and while I was still traveling there I'm still trying to plan shows people are not getting back to me it's like oh. you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like oh I'll call him or something like that and just like uh -huh. nothing would work out and then when I got there I had to like run around a little bit mm -hmm. but it worked out I had from having eight shows two getting cancelled mm -hmm. after I land and then another picking up a whole bunch more while I get there. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing. Yeah, it's funny how things work out, right? I'm so glad it worked out. Like, even if I hit 10 shows, I was, like, amazed. But it went a little bit better than that. So how many shows did you Ended up doing 14. Okay. I had 8 booked, and then 2 got canceled because the guy so, stopped calling me back. So you got 6 to 14. Yeah, you know, so it was really cool. Yeah, that's Because I got down there, I started doing advertising, and people were like, Hey, can you come here? Can you come here? Right. Yeah. Majority of the audiences were like younger, so I did um, a couple schools, um, I've done, uh, I did the hospitals where there was just like the children's ward, and I did that with a group of individuals from Ahmedabad, or Ahmedabad, where they were already doing these things, like it was a young group of people called Muska, Mus Muskan Clowns, and they would just go to hospitals every weekend, and just entertain kids putting on makeup and clown outfits and stuff like that, so that was the first one I joined in a hospital, and then um, planned schools, community centers, um, there was a, two schools where one was like intellectually disabled and one was like physically disabled schools, so like some of the students, I did actually a show where there was um, deaf and mute students in the audience. Yeah, so I'm performing and talking in Gujarati, in my English Gujarati, mm -hmm. and then uh, there is a sign language instructor who is next to me and the professor there, she's signing to them. And you could just see like this kid's faces light up, man. And I was like, I'm so happy I came. Wow. You know? Yeah. So was that challenging? It was a challenge. I'm not gonna lie. Like I had never performed for an audience like that. Yeah. You know? Um, so I was like, I don't know if this is gonna work out. Mm -hmm. I just went a little slow, and I just kind of hoped for the best. And right. the students were a lot smart, a lot smarter, like and a lot older than I expected because I thought it was gonna be like younger kids. Mm -hmm. So you know, I wasn't sure if they would get everything, especially with my language barrier. Yeah. But it all worked out, you know. Okay. And they were older kids; they were they could read my lips. I, so I was like, you know, I was already like, I wasn't prepared, and they were already ahead of me. So it was great. Nice. Yeah. And you had a good response. Yeah, great responses. Um, everybody loved the show. Um, I didn't get any complaints, so I'm very happy that worked out. Um, I think one of the shows, like I only had like, I think like 40 people in the audience. I believe that was like a village that I put in last, like a village show last minute. Could have wished I could have got the whole village, but mm. hey, you can't, you know. Right. Yeah, it worked out for them, so it was good. Yeah. 40 is like, to me, that sounds like mm, 40, 40, 40 people. And you're saying like only 40 people. Yeah, you know, I was just like, hey, it's, uh, I was trying to get more people in the village, but it was right. a last minute thing. Yeah. 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 I guess that happens sometimes. Yeah, you know, like, um, I'm happy it worked out at the end. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, um, like, that show was never even, or that village was never even on the roster, so yeah. that was good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say, say something here that uh, a lot of people, when they're starting out, Yeah. And that's what I've noticed with some of the stuff that I've tried to do is like once you kind of 
get to it or to like just keep doing it yeah find ways to meet people yes right i don't know how to explain this but um, every time i try to take on a new hurdle or a new challenge or a new goal in life you can only prepare so much you know and then you got to take that first step and start executing but there's always going to be hiccups yeah you know there's always going to be those unexpected challenges or hurdles and you just have to yeah, you kind of have to be adaptable and just, you know, sometimes things aren't going to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know, and you go with the flow. Yeah. 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 That's good advice. So, yeah, going back to the audience question. So there was an audience question. No, like, sorry, not, not from the audience. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Felt special for a second. All right, forget it. <laughs> Maybe we have them. We're not, we're not watching Facebook Live. Okay. Maybe there's somebody there. Yeah. Um, Usually somebody is, but he's not here today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's my um, mom, guys. It's my mom. She's watching us on Facebook Live. I, I can check that actually. I can check I can, that. Is she watching? It, it, no, she doesn't have Facebook. Okay, uh, I meant uh, by audience like the you were talking about the audience, how different audiences. Oh right. Yeah. So, how was the Indian audience as in, like the, on the shows that you did? Super receptive. Yeah. Um, not only just the young kids, but even like um, so when I did the uncles and aunties in like the villages and stuff like that, super receptive. They everybody that came to the show, I think, came with an open mind to being entertained, and I try to give them a little bit more than just magic by pushing my message. Mm-hmm. And the message the whole time was like believe in the impossible. Mm-hmm. You know that is my my message to all the kids. Right. The magic word for children shows is always believe, and it's just like uh, so in my language in Gujarati, it's like asambhav mamano believe in the impossible and the parents and the kids both love that message you know mm-hmm. parents saw why I was doing it and the kids took it in for their own lifestyle okay yeah so does it ever fail like the tricks you know what yeah every now and then like right. in the beginning when I was first learning a lot of hiccups a lot of mistakes <laughs> right um, but every now and then something will go wrong mm-hmm. and you're on stage with like a whole bunch of people watching you're just like in your head like oh sh-, <laughs> you know can I swear on this I don't even know yeah yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh my god, what the hell am I going to do now? Right. Yeah? And then you basically just pretend like that was a part of the trick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's you know? More, yeah. I wasn't supposed to cut my finger off, but whatever, let's just keep going. And um, yeah, and then I just try to confuse the audience maybe a little bit and then yeah. go into another trick that I know is going to work. Right, yeah. try to play along and transition into Yeah, you know, um, I've tried saying, oh shit, I made a mistake. And, you know, even that works. Um, the audience mm-hmm. appreciates that you're just like, okay, this guy is not, you know, like holier than thou or trying to, you know, be something right. he's not. Yeah. You make mistakes on high stage sometimes. Yeah. And do you keep learning new tricks or like, a, or you're like sticking to your, like whatever you have, you're more comfortable with? Great question. Um, so in the last year, I've stopped learning tricks. I have like a good maybe two and a half, three hours of show time already, you know? Um, but now I'm, for the last year, I've been focusing on like, the entertainer aspect without technical just like so a magic trick when I do stuff you know there's a lot of technical movements and that stuff I can practice and that stuff I have down but I want to become a better entertainer so you do stand up right Sonny and you can engage the audience and just by speaking to them drawing a picture I want to become somebody whose words they hold on as well as just somebody that they're watching so I've been working on that aspect of my show like technical I have down I have a handful of shows that I can do but right now it's more about how do I engage my audience better without just doing a magic trick? Mm-hmm. So I think next month I'm going to be doing a stand-up um, with my cousin that you met, Himansu. Right. Yeah, at his uh, show downtown, or Liberty Village. I'm going to try doing like a seven-minute stand-up set. Nice. But it's going to be magic and comedy. 
So I'm doing my magic tricks, but I'm not doing it for the kid audience. Now I'm going to put in a little bit of my adult humor and my silly side and, you know, try to make some jokes as opposed to pick a card, you know? Right. I'm going to be a lot more, yeah. I'm going to try to... Huh? Uh, We haven't figured out a date yet, but most likely after the 20th, uh, the wedding coming up, and then we're both going to be in Montreal, so just after that. Okay. Yeah, but I'll keep you posted, man. Keep you posted, yeah. Yeah, So you're not sticking to your comfort zone, you keep expanding it always man that comfort zone will kill you not to say don't take breaks obviously take the breaks but um, yeah I'm I you know I get bored when I'm just like comfortable you know so I need to do something to keep the mind going a little bit cause a little trouble or learn something new you know one of the two so I like learning new stuff so I'll just stick with that for now yeah nice nice man and we also like have stand-ups here and there open mic night right we spoke about that a while ago right Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah, he's in touch with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so maybe he'll come to one of those if you want to try something new. Definitely. Let me give this a shot next month and then I can start getting that set out there. Right, yeah. Yeah. I want to get like a seven minute comedy magic set going. Right. And then I can try to see how it works on different audiences. Yeah, that's okay. an interesting company. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. You know, hopefully it works out. Hopefully, yeah. If yeah. not, at least I learned a little bit of how to fail on stage. Yeah. yeah you know, what not to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. Yeah, it's great, man. Um, I like mixing it up, so I don't want to just pick a card, put it back. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do something where I teach you. So when I do my stage shows, mm-hmm. I'll teach the audience a trick too, oh. and that's how I start off because the name is Gambit Magician, mm-hmm. and Gambit is giving you a little bit so I can get the upper hand in the sense of I will teach you some magic, mm-hmm. but then I will take it to the next step. So mm-hmm. while you're thinking, oh, this is what he's probably doing, I'm doing something else, and I just it blows your mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that what Gambit means? Um, Gambit is an action move or device used to, I believe, so I'll explain to you like I explained to uh, Minder. Um, you know in chess, mm-hmm. when you're playing chess against somebody, mm-hmm. um, you will sacrifice your pawn so you can get their queen. Yeah. So Gambit is a move like that. So I'm giving you a little bit so you think you have an advantage and then I'm stealing your queen or eating your queen at the same time. So I will teach you some basic slights of magic and then I will do something that is next level. So it just keeps you guessing and more excited to learn something else. So is that why you volunteer? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can steal the kids' lunch money. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Alright man, it was really nice having you here. Dude, this is very this, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah over time. Uh, yeah? We'll, we'll get you yeah. back. Yeah man, here again. we'll yeah, do yeah. some food yeah. stuff, how about that? Food yeah. stuff? Yeah. What is that? Food, like as um, in like on the on the show. Yeah, if you guys want to do food, well, yeah, do food. I'm you yeah, know, the so kitchen's my comfort zone, so okay. like you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the next one we'll do it in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah why not? Actually, okay. yesterday I was listening to a podcast. The guys were in the kitchen. Okay. They were doing podcasts in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Nice. Yeah, they weren't cooking, but they were. I I don't know why they were having a conversation in in the kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The kitchen's just a happy place, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. where I, agree. I guess. Yeah. I didn't know that before meeting you. Yeah. <laughs> it's my. Co- it's kitchen is where I'm like creative and at peace at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know that it makes any sense, but uh, my mind is running around and I'm at peace, so it's right. harmony. Yeah. Harmony. Yeah. For real. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice idea. A lot of times when your mind is running around, but you do feel peaceful at the same time. Yeah. It's like you're on stage, you're probably thinking about your set, right, but you know, right. you feel yeah. comfortable holding that mic. Yeah, I think you're engaged. You're so like meaningfully engaged into something. Yeah. And that's why you feel 
at peace because now you're engaged in this thing. Yeah, and even the people watching you, I find they can they get that vibe from you. You know, right. yeah. they're like, oh, this guy is in his zone or he's in his comfort mm-hmm. zone. You see him, and they they just like they feel at peace watching you doing what you love to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Any last words for the audience? No, man. But thank you guys for having me out, um, yeah. audience. Thank you for coming and joining us. Uh, yeah. But no, thanks for having me out, guys. This is my it first podcast pleasure, experience, so this is good. Nice. Yeah.